How are you doing? Good. So this is an episode on orgasms and helping those who have difficulty achieving them. And this is Dr. Deckel, who is amazing. And I feel so fortunate to have you as a guest. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, we met. It was almost like yesterday, but as you said, 12 years ago. Well, I'm a board-certified OBGYN. I've been in private practice for, believe it or not, 42 years. Uh, So I was a routine OBGYN in private practice for about 20-some years. And for the last 22 years, I've actually transcended, so to speak, to holistic medicine. So now I take care of men, women, children, et cetera. And what I do is identify the problem that they have, identify the root cause. And since I don't use prescription drugs, I actually use a variety of other methods, which is going to be either lifestyle changes, dietary changes, hormone uh, supplementation when needed, uh, but also uh, detoxification, uh, stress uh, release, emotional release. In other words, use every modality that we need in holistic medicine in order to resolve the problem. And so we had talked a little bit about um, women's sexual health and orgasms and the root cause and how there's often a psychosomatic component, but addressing it physically. And I know you do a lot of kind of cutting edge progressive therapies in that field for men and women. And I know like it kind of stems off typically into talking about women's stuff, but probably erectile dysfunction is one of the like huge national epidemic level issues going on. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about how you approach that stuff? Well, you hit it really uh, on the, on the head, so to speak on both, (laughs) on both sides, whether it be women and, and men. And you're right. I deal with both. And sadly, I must admit that at least 50% of my women patients have have been sexually abused. Mm -hmm. The number is staggering. Uh, The sad part of it is there is a significant percentage that have totally um, put it under the rug, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and they don't even remember it. Mm -hmm. And only when we start to really peel the onion... they start recall, you know, recalling the incident. And this is, you know, we, we need to get really into emotional, emotional healing and resolution of anger or stress of, of hurt, of hate. Uh, you know, we have so many different emotions that are associated with sexual trauma. By the way, men are not immune, even though it's not even close in number. But well, who knows? It's probably so massively underreported. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And even though 80% of my patients are women, uh, I've had quite a few men with history of sexual trauma. So this is not, there's no gender bias here. It's it's affecting all of us. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. There is really a huge component of guilt, mm-hmm. uh, of shame, of self-blame. Uh, and it has to be dealt with very gingerly and expertly in order to allow these emotions to be dealt with and being released. Because when we look at emotions, emotions emotions are really a vibrational frequency. There are energies Mm -hmm. that really we create. And if the energy is getting to the point of 
the body's inability to deal with it, mm-hmm. it will get trapped, so to speak, into the physical body. And disassociation and just leaving the body. Yeah. And, and it's going to be there creating emotional and physical issues until we identify it and release it. So it can be done. But as you said, it's so underreported. And unfortunately, very few professionals know how to deal with it and are willing to deal with it because it is it demands a lot of energy. And it's not even part of the evaluation. In my experience, they're really not even asking about a history of trauma or addressing it. And people don't recognize that whatever happened in their past is a trauma. You know, they kind of, oh, I was a kid. It happened in the past. Here I am now. It it doesn't matter anymore. And don't realize it affects them. And another one I see a lot lately is very religious upbringings, imprinting shame around sexual enjoyment to the point where they can't physically enjoy it or experience orgasms without such intense shame that's really hard to work through. Absolutely. And uh, again, we need to wait in, we need to identify it and, and they will tell you. I mm-hmm. mean, my patients, if, if this is religiously related that, you know, sex is quote unquote dirty yeah, and, and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. And, uh, this is only a wifely duty and for you mm-hmm. to bear children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost imprinted in their DNA. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they should not enjoy sex. Yeah. Uh, and we have to very gingerly uh, let them know that this is really what God intended for us. Yeah, and I really- usually remind them that the clitoris's only purpose is sexual pleasure. So they have this body part that is completely devoted to sexual satisfaction. Therefore, on some level, it must be okay. Yes, it is. Not only that, but if God didn't give us sexual desires, it wouldn't be 7 billion people on earth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> So when you have those types of clients who have um, maybe a lot of like shame around sexual pleasure or never had an orgasm or just that whole complexity, how do you approach it? Well, I explore it a little better or two. And again, you have to be very careful because especially if it's the first time, there's only a a certain load of energy that a patient may feel. In other words, I try very hard not to overload them mm-hmm. with so much anxiety and so much yeah. energetic load that mm-hmm. they shut down. Yeah. And of course, when we talk about it with, with anybody with this kind of, and actually it's a trauma, for lack of a better word, it is a trauma, right. yeah. psychological, emotional trauma, you know, they'll start to cry. With a huge, yeah. it's, it's really like discharge of energy, you know, like we stigmatize yep. crying, but crying is like, you think of like geese get into a fight and then they ruffle their feathers and then on they go. Like just mm-hmm. thinking of crying is like an energetic discharge shedding. And then you're mm-hmm. better on the other side rather mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. this weird mm-hmm. shame response of I'm crying. I shouldn't be crying. Oh, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I do with that, I say to them, you know what? It's okay to cry. I said, all my patients cry. And that, kind of breaks, <laughs> and that kind of breaks the the onslaught of this energy 
and they start to smile through their crying because they realize that, yeah, it, it's, as you said, it's a discharge of energy that mm-hmm. if they don't, it's very, very, very painful. Mm-hmm. And then I start to ask questions. Okay. Tell me the story. What, you know, try to go back to the early memory of when you thought that, that or where you were told rather mm-hmm. that sex is dirty and, 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 you shouldn't have pleasure in it and mm-hmm. let them recall the events and really help them say, you know, it's okay for you to release this frequency, this energy, because it doesn't belong to you. It was imprinted upon you by whoever, but that's right. not what God intended for you. Right. Because we're now we're speaking about religion, right? Right. We're not talking about, you know, you know, a trauma by rape or anything like that. We're talking about right. religion. Right. So can, or just whatever is the root of their shame around it. Yeah. Yeah. I often try and, and, and talk about masturbation and even just bringing up masturbation and like, it doesn't need to be a gift for anybody else. It can just be getting in touch with their own body and exploring their anatomy. And even just that one little step is often so hard for people. Yes, it is. So I'll tell you what I do. I look at them and I say, you know, kind of, with the right expression and say, you know what, as your doctor, I'm going to prescribe you two orgasms a week. I just love that. <laughs> I know. I know. And I tell them I can get away with it because I'm board certified OBGYN. So I can, can and will use all the tools in my bag <laughs> to allow you to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of like, you'll see, it's like, really? What? I said, when you have an orgasm, you are releasing oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone that you secrete also when you are delivering a baby and you're nursing the baby. Oxytocin is being released, and this is what we call the bonding hormone. When you're not related to any kind of uh, breastfeeding, mm-hmm. it still helps you relate to whoever you are engaged with. Or petting a cat or thinking of a loved one or hugging someone. Like, it's just a beautiful, what they call it, the shy molecule of love. I love that. Right. And the brain needs it. Mm-hmm. So I try to explain and fear to them. shuts it down. That's another big yes. one. Epinephrine, the fear response completely shuts down oxytocin production. Well, well. What is the remedy for not feeling hurt? Shut down. Mm-hmm. So obviously what we need to elicit is opening up mm-hmm. and allow them to understand that really, as humans, we meant to enjoy sexual activity. Mm-hmm. And intimacy. Uh, and even if it's not goal-oriented for like penal and vaginal penetration like it doesn't always have to be that it can just be like the intimacy associated associated with lovemaking right like all of the rest of the bonding that goes into lovemaking even if it's not actual full-on what we think of as sex still can be so good for our health no absolutely absolutely and and again you know baby steps are totally fine Mm -hmm. with trying to rediscover oneself Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
you know, I emphasize, you know, you need to do what is comfortable for you. Take it your own space. There's no, there's no competition here. There's no mm -hmm. a marathon or, or, you know, you need to finish the race in a certain amount of minutes or hours or days, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I try to entice them to embark on the road to finding what makes them happy. Yeah. And bonding and sexual activity and, 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 and hugging and, Everything else that, that's related to lovemaking, as you mentioned, is part of it. Mm -hmm. And even taking the pressure off of their partners and that expectation of their partner to please them or to figure out their body for them. I encourage women to figure out their own bodies and what feels good and then invite their lovers to join them in that. And even thinking it of as like, well, your husband hasn't satisfied you because he doesn't know how maybe you can offer him lessons, you know? You're so right. And, you know, I'm going to be bold and go on a, on a limb here. I tell my patient, you know, most men are dumb when it comes to sex. If you don't tell them what to do, they don't know what to do. How would they? How would they? Right. Nobody teaches them. The only thing they know is penetration. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's more to, to lovemaking than just penetration. So mm -hmm. I absolutely agree 100% with you that in order for any woman to get satisfied, they, she, needs, she needs to know her own body, okay? Erogenous zones may differ from one person to another. So, you know, some women can achieve orgasm only by clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Others can only by vaginal or G-spot mm -hmm. or combination thereof. Mm -hmm. Or so cervical, you, that's, a one, that's a new one too. So if they, if they don't know, how, how can they tell their partners what to do? Right, yeah. So let's tie this into the O shot for men and women. This one's really fascinating to me because it's almost like a, a system override to induce an orgasm. And if that like kind of makes people feel like they're less worthy because they can't do it on their own, that they need sort of like help with it. Like what's your take on it? And can you kind of describe it? Sure. Sure. Uh, well, we have two. Well, the O shot is, uh, it's actually the O is for orgasm. And also we have the counterpart, which is the P shot, <laughs> which is prepus, which is another, it's a Greek word for penis. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the O shot. And what is it? O shot is really using PRP, platelet-rich plasma, which means taking patient's blood, venous blood, spinning it down and getting a portion of the serum plasma, which is rich in platelets and growth factors. When we introduce that, uh, we actually have to activate it with calcium chloride a certain way. But when we introduce it then into the G-spot and the clitoris, we're actually creating a vaginal rejuvenation. Okay. And that that approach is great for postmenopausal women, but it also could be helpful for the patient uh, that we're talking about, especially if this long suppression of, of pleasure, et cetera, is really shut down the organ to the point of less blood supply, less nerve supply, et cetera. So again, I'm not saying that this is going to be the magic wand, so to speak, but we may need to resort to it 
if everything else that we do on the emotional energetic pattern, uh, level is not helpful. Also, the OSHOT is incredibly helpful with uh, women that have bladder control issues, mm-hmm. especially after having you know number of kids, vaginal deliveries, especially if they had big uh, babies, uh, you know, eight and a half, nine pounder, or, bi- or bigger than that. That causes quite a bit of trauma. And later on in life, we have a leakage when we laugh, when we stay, when we jump or, you know, cough, et cetera. And we found that the OSHA actually helps gain re, uh, gain control over urinary uh, incontinence. So that's and another point. How is it doing that? So you're injecting it and it's bringing vascularity and vendings in the region. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Well, the G-spot is infra-ureter. It's just below the ureter. We're not injecting mm-hmm. it into the ureter itself. We're in- injecting it into the vaginal wall, anterior vaginal wall, which, of course, above which or contained with there is the urethra. So what happens is the amount that we're injecting actually is regenerating uh, elastic tissue supportive tissue around the urethra that helps it actually achieve good contraction when we are uh, not interested in voiding and therefore giving bad control to the person over their uh, ability to hold urine. And that's that's the way it does it. For men, on the other hand, uh, and as you said, it's a major problem with uh, erectile dysfunction, uh, we do the same thing. We, we, we take the blood, we spin it down. The amount that we use with uh, in the penis is actually double the amount for women. It's about 5 cc. For men, it's about 10 cc. We're not talking about a big amount. After uh, numbing it, we, just to clarify. Yeah, yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, especially, especially for men, because really most men are chicken when it comes to that. <laughs> well, sure, it's their penis. You're going to do Yeah, you're going to do what? Anyway, I tell him it's a non-event because we use the yeah. But erectile function—it's so devastating to the male ego. You know, they become so desperate, right? Well, if you're desperate enough, are you willing to do something for it? Mm -hmm. I turned it around. Mm -hmm. Okay, I said, I'm telling you, it's not going to hurt because we're going to use numbing cream, and you're barely going to feel it. Right. And success rate is pretty high, both on women, from women and men. We're talking about eighty percent will have a uh, significant improvement. Okay, so uh, it, it works. It works. It's been around for about 10 or 15 years now. Uh, globally, we probably have about 1,200 physicians who are doing it. Uh, it's not that well known, but mm-hmm. it works well. It really works well. And so for women, is it increasing like the... Um intensity of sensation in the clitoral area so they have more arousal? Well, it's going to be easier for them to reach an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I tell women, and the thing is, once something else that will, especially postmenopausal women, I will actually Uh add testosterone cream at about one milligram Uh and will instruct them to to massage the clitoris on a daily basis. Uh And actually... Uh, reach an orgasm by massaging it because the testosterone will enhance clitoral uh, sensitivity. 
Right. And then do you do a vaginal estrogen cream for elasticity? Yes, I do that, especially for postmenopausal women. Mm-hmm. You absolutely need a combination of uh, estrogen and progesterone. Although, you absolutely. know, I see like hyaluronic acid is a vaginal cream also have almost as good a results as estrogen for elasticity. So, you know, just so like if people listening understand postmenopausally, your estrogen levels go down. And with that comes a loss of elasticity in the vaginal area and a thinning of the tissues. So there's a lot more vaginal dryness. Sex can become painful. Tissue can feel like it's tearing. The bladder can feel like it's falling. Things become more uncomfortable. And so a vaginal estrogen cream can vascularity and elasticity to the vaginal area and just make everything more comfortable. Absolutely. Not only that, but one of the main complaints of postmenopause women is vaginal dryness. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, penetration is almost impossible because it's so painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, applying estriol vaginally in two to three weeks will re- reverse it to the point of just being a non-event. So it's pretty miraculous how estriol, especially estriol, uh, is uh, incredibly important for vaginal uh, elasticity and uh, and vigor and ability to withstand a sexual trauma. Because let's put it this way, the, the penetration uh, action needs to be mapped with use, you know youth of tissue to withstand the, the sexual activity. And if it's thin, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. and, and no secretion, it's going to be very painful. And I see people using Vaseline and all kinds of things that just seem like a really bad idea. So I generally recommend coconut oil if they want to use just some sort of a lubricant. Do you have like a personal favorite that you usually recommend? 100%. Coconut oil, organic. Goods to eat, it's good to use for sex. Not a problem. I haven't seen anybody react to it as far as like sensitivities and allergic reactions. I've yet, I'm waiting for it, but I've yet to see anybody have coconut oil. It's, it, it, it's not a problem. I never had any kind of reaction to coconut oil. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's just like kicked off no, and it's amazing I, stuff. Right. I would not use Vaseline. Stay away from that. Yeah, totally. When and I hear I would people stay away, slow, and I would say, I would, say, <laughs> I would say away from any kind of pharmaceutically made, made vaginal lubrication. Use yeah. what nature gave us. God gave us what? Coconut, coconut <laughs> oil. Use that. And you know, I find too, if it smells good or it tastes good, then there's some chemical in there that you will most likely react to eventually. So yeah, That's if it right. tastes good, smells Absolutely. good, avoid it. Um, so how do you see the um, the pea shot versus Viagra? Those two kind of comparison. Okay, first of all, I, I do not prescribe Viagra because of side effects. I do prescribe Cialis mm-hmm. because no, so far I haven't had any man with any complaints about headaches, increased blood pressure, the blue lights, and not feeling good after using it. Uh, the Cialis will definitely help with erectile dysfunction. Most men who need the P shot will also need Cialis, and Cialis is also long term it's long acting so in case, mm-hmm. so you don't have to take just before the sexual activity mm-hmm. you can take it once every 24 you know actually 38 34 hours sometimes mm-hmm. 48 hours mm-hmm. so it, take it and forget it and the 
Cialis works on really inhibiting an enzyme that breaks down nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nitric oxide is a major part of the erection procedure or actually a a physiology of the erection. So you're not doing anything crazy. You're not getting any side effects. You're just increasing the, uh, you are delaying the breakdown of NO and therefore you're getting longer erection and fuller erections. Mm-hmm. So what about women using Cialis? Well, I believe that Cialis for women is probably as good as for men because the clitoris is the uh, anatomical equivalent of a penis. Mm-hmm. So if the penis reacts to it, the clitoris will too. Because again, during orgasm, the clitoris gets very, very engorged. Right. It's just so, a longer response time for women. It's something like 20 minutes on average for a woman and five minutes for a man. And men seem more visually stimulated and women seem more psychologically stimulated. So often women who are having a hard time with their libido, I recommend scheduling it out. Like your husband doesn't have to know. Every Thursday at 8 p.m., you will instigate, you will masturbate, you will do whatever you need to do to put yourself into the mood to like prime your own pump mentally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So, it, it's pretty sad to to see how many couples are sexless. It's Yeah. And and it's like and we're not talking about postmenopausal women. We're talking about women in their forties, late thirties, forties, et cetera, and men also. You know, the kids are that age that, you know, you have to it's hard to find a private time, et cetera. And I I tell my patients, uh, you know. If you don't use it, you know, what we say, we'll lose it. So, well, and also just being in a long-term partnership, how kind right. of the hormonal response of, ooh, the excitement and the butterflies and all that, it kind of goes away after the first four years. And after that, it becomes an intention, right? Like you set your intention and you put in the effort at maintaining and grooming and cultivating that sexual connection and chemistry. It's not automatically always there. Absolutely. Not only that, I would I would not hesitate to tell my patients, put it on the calendar. Yeah, totally. Put it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And I and I say to the women, I say, hey, you know what arouse your your partner? Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, totally. you use know. whatever arouses them to, <laughs> they know. to get them get them into the action. You know, <laughs> they know the, the man- outfit, okay. the words. Right. <laughs> The candlelight, whatever. Probably not the candlelight. So do you do a lot of um, testosterone and DHEA supplementation for libido for women? Yes, I do. In fact, DHEA is directly related in women to sexual desire, libido, obviously. And the thing, the problem is when we have chronic uh, stress, DHEA, which is an adrenal hormone, Adrenal being the gland responsible for stress response goes down. And when you DHEA is down, your sex drive is going to be down. Mm-hmm. So the two main hormones that are responsible for women's libido, as you mentioned, is DHEA and testosterone. When we give DHEA supplementation to women, 
some of it will convert to testosterone. So not mo- not all of the, all of women need testosterone per se. So you really have to judge. And I do kinesiology muscle testing to find out if just DHEA is enough or they need DHEA and testosterone. Mm-hmm. So you do both. I do both if needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because DHEA is important for muscle preservation. Mm-hmm. It's important for osteoporosis prevention. Mm-hmm. It's actually anti-cancerous. It's a very, very important hormone. It's so interesting because it's also a controlled substance and people abuse it. So it kind of has a bad rap. A lot of providers are hesitant to prescribe testosterone when it actually has a lot of health benefits. I know. Uh, I be- I. I found out that conventional medicine is actually afraid of testosterone. They don't know the first thing about it. Mm -hmm. They still think that testosterone will cause prostate cancer, which is nothing further, could be nothing further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they don't know anything about it and they don't want to, no one, don't want to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. uh, women and men for that matter need to find a, you know, practitioner that know what they're doing and, and get help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I always think of estrogen as being good for bone density and maintenance of bone density, but I don't generally think of testosterone for it. You know, like people think of like, oh, I'm going to take testosterone and then I'm going to have a beard or my voice will get deep. And they don't realize that it's just a very low dose can be so beneficial. And also I see uh, lately I've been seeing a lot of lesbian couples and one will come to me for low libido. And then I always say, well, if you address your libido and your partner doesn't, you're still going to have just as much discord and problems. Like you both need to have the interest in sex for this to help anybody. Absolutely. So absolutely. So, and how many, how many times you find, I would mention, you know, lesbians couple, how many, um, how many times you find women who are overweight that they're so ashamed of their body that they lose their libido? I see it on a regular basis. Absolutely. Or they're just overstressed and overworked and overwhelmed mm-hmm. and they're not doing any self-care. And there's often like a kind of metabolic thing that's going with it of fatigue, brain fog, weight mm-hmm. gain, you know, mm-hmm. all of that that goes in there. And it can be so hard to tease out where you start and helping them. Yeah, and the thing is, again, talking about energy and lack thereof, obviously I see a lot of patients with thyroid issue, adrenal issue, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to fix those because if somebody doesn't have any energy when they see a bed, they don't think about sex, they think about going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yes. yeah, we, ha- we have to be practical about it. And for that matter, ask the question. I ask the question about the lifestyle of my patients and I tell me, if you tell me the truth, I'll be able to help you. And it's so nice seeing somebody else who also looks at the bigger picture because it's if their adrenals are just totally wiped out and exhausted, giving uh-huh. them testosterone might help their libido, but then they're still so depleted and exhausted. It's really just kind of a Band-Aid for one symptom, but it's not right. helping their underlying issue. No, they're going to be horny, but they're going to fall asleep anyway. Yeah, they'll be too tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, again, I'm trying to make a little light conversation here, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, we have to we have to be able to stay awake to enjoy enjoy sexual activity. Yeah, and, actually, uh, I tried that adrenal supplement that you gave me, and it was 
really great. It's really effective. It really has made a huge difference. So I personally hesitate about kinesiology, the muscle testing part of it, and usually do more lab diagnosis to see where they're at. I look a lot at like adrenal function and their neurotransmitters and kind of guide that for treatment. So, but it's very expensive. So it was refreshing to see kinesiology being so effective in kind of circumventing the expense of labs to Mm -hmm. diagnose and manage Mm -hmm. your care. It's Mm -hmm. nice. A lot of people probably think of that as a little like wackadoodle. What's like the response you get from women? Well, I don't blame them because when I saw it 22 years ago, I thought it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, oh, yeah, I was talking about, you know, muscle testing, kinesiology. I thought it was voodoo. But when I looked deeper into that, I realized that this modality is actually based in, on quantum physics, mm-hmm. which I don't know, or I don't care to know it's above my pay grade. But I tell <laughs> you that, I tell you that after two, 22 years of using it, okay, holistically, it's on the mark all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're absolutely right. You don't have to spend five, six hundred dollars on some uh, saliva testing or urine testing, etc. I listen to my patients like you do. Do the muscle testing, confirm what I hear from the patient, and then set up a, a plan and and tell them, listen, if you don't feel better, completely better in two weeks, if you do everything I tell you to do, then I miss something. I mm-hmm. said so you have to tell me because I don't like to miss anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I really, it's almost almost arrogant to say that, but this is the way, that's the fact. If yeah. patients do what you tell them to do, they get better, period. Yeah. And that's why you went through so much training and have so much experience in your field to become an expert, right? Like, you are the person that people go to for help, especially when they've tried all these other things and nothing has helped with mainstream medicine. Like you kind of are the end of the road answer for people. Unfortunately, you're right because the majority of my patients saw five to 10 doctors before and they're still in the same place without any, any help. So yes. And if nothing else, just more frustrated because they feel like they've done everything and nothing has helped. And I find that the, like the trauma and the mental component and the negative self narrative and feeling that they're broken and, the diagnoses that they've had that they really kind of attach to really mm. holds them back from being able to get to a place of wellness to move forward, which is Absolutely. hard to talk to somebody about, right? Like, well, well, you're absolutely right. So I bring it up yes. and I say, yes. and I say, uh, when they say, you know, my diabetes or my high blood pressure, I say, I mean, I said, do you realize when you say my, that you own it? Mm-hmm. And they look at me like a little bewildered. What do you mean? I mean, get rid of it. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, temporary con- it's a temporary condition that we can help you get rid of as long as you don't own it and you just hold on to it without, without, Willingness to say, okay, I don't want to be diabetic anymore. Well, we'll show you how to do it. Get on the right diet, especially we're talking about type 2 diabetes or high mm-hmm. blood pressure. Yeah, we can show yeah. you how to reduce blood pressure and naturally without prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. But get rid of this my thing. 
Not only that, get rid of this. It's because my everybody in my family had arthritis. That's why I have arthritis. Yeah. Or everybody in my family had cancer. That's most likely I'm going to get cancer. This is a big open invitation to cancer. Hey, why don't come to me? Because all my family had it. Aligning yeah, to the frequency. A huge, emotional, huge emotional component to, to disease. No question about it. And I do a lot of like people will say, oh, I, I can't have orgasms or I can't or, or whatever it is. And I'll ask them to or invite them to shift that to I'm working on having orgasms or I'm capable, but I'm not there yet. Or some kind of Absolutely. reframing to the positive. So yes. you can step into alignment with it, right? Yes. Like there's yes. so much negative self-narrative mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just you stuck where you are mm-hmm. of not reaching your potential. It's so great seeing somebody else who practices. Like it's just so refreshing. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah, I feel the same way because it's so few of us. If you're so yeah. few of us. <laughs> so how can people find you to book an appointment and follow up? Well, very simply, just uh, Google drdeckel.com, D-R-D-E-K-E-L.com. Go on my website. They can then hook up with my assistant, uh, Dorothy, and she will help them, uh, you know, get whatever they need by getting consultation, and we can take it from there. I practice, uh, you know, in New York and also in South Carolina, uh, Bluffton. But I do also a lot of telemedicine, mm-hmm. a lot of telemedicine. So easy to access you and don't necessarily be have like a need for a, an in-person visit. No, I do. You know, I, what I would do is I would order some blood tests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Send them, uh, you know, a vers- you know, a requisition form, get the results, get them on, on, usually I like to do a Zoom or, or on the phone, doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. And yes, I prefer the first visit to be in person. If they can do it, that's, that's most desirable right but i I have patients that you know are you know um, telemedicine Mm -hmm. great so easy access yes very easy okay all right well thank you so much for taking the time to talk and i look forward to doing this regularly i i'm looking for it also (laughs) because we have so many other items to talk about Oh, so, uh, yes. We can go down the list. It's going to be yeah. great. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I appreciate your invitation. It's been great, great talking to you. I'm looking forward to our next, our next session. Me too. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye.